Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Such a sweet spirit in here. Um, I thought maybe I would share just a little bit about uh, my beginnings. Um, I went to Bible school at Rama when I was 18 years old, and I had great hopes of marrying a preacher. Really, that was just the only plan I could think of. It made good sense, right? Go to Bible school, find a preacher, get married, you know, let him preach, you sing, sit on the front row, you know, kind of the whole uh, routine. I thought that would be great, right? So I go to Bible school and um, didn't meet a preacher the first year. And then the beginning of my second year, uh, I had gotten involved with the choir at the church, so I get a call from uh, the music department, and they said, we'd like for you to stop by the music department. Well, I thought I was in trouble. Um, So I I show up, I find out that I wasn't in trouble. They said, we have a position available that's coming open in the Rama Singers and Band. And I had no idea it was even on their radar um, and so I laughed and I was like, are you serious? Like me out of all of these people, you, you're thinking about me. Like it was just, I was like, this could not be true. Uh, so I always say I pulled a Sarah and I laughed because I just, <laughs> I couldn't see it. Uh, but one thing led to another and the Lord opened the door for me to travel with uh, Kenneth Hagen's crusade team. And so here I am, this young, single, you know, 19-year-old girl, greener than green, uh, didn't have a clue about much except for I love Jesus, and I wanted to do his will, and that was all that mattered. And so I thought, man, I don't care, you know, I, people would pay to do this, and, and I'm going to get paid to travel and work and sing and do all the things. And so uh, from there, the Lord began to lead and guide me. But some of the most... Um, uh, awesome revelation that I received at that age was that God had a plan for my life. You know, that I didn't have to figure it out or I didn't have to make God fit in in my box, but that he had something beyond what I could think of or imagine because I couldn't imagine that. I could see other people doing that, but I couldn't see myself. But God saw me. He equipped me uh, for that position. And because I obeyed him, And chose to be in the place that he called me to be. And got involved in the way he wanted me to be involved. Which was in the choir. Then I was positioned uh, for that door that he had ordained for my life. And so um, if we'll look. This has been sort of a hallmark scripture of my ministry. I have a real passion to get this into the next generation. All generations really. But especially this next generation. They need to know that God has a plan for their life and that if they'll tap into it, that there's nothing, nothing that that will be lost on them. They will have all their desires, everything that they could ever dream of, uh, God will supply for them. And so the scripture is Ephesians, the second chapter, the 10th verse, and I like the amplified version. And it says this, for we are God's own handiwork. We are his workmanship. 
Man, when you find out that you are not your own workmanship and that you get to put your hands in the, your life in the hands of the Father, that you're His workmanship, He's already recreated, as we go on to read, it says, you're recreated in Christ Jesus. You've been made a new species of being. He's already perfected you. Ladies, he's, he's not waiting on you to get perfect, perfected in your, your flesh so that he can use you. He wants you to be submitted to him right where you're at. Give him your all, even the things that are a question to you, so he can continue to work in your life and you can be manifesting uh, that new creation reality that is who you are. He's perfected you in Christ. We're perfected in Christ. As it dawns on our soul, then we're able to walk in more and more of that finished work that Jesus has done. And so, um, I'm preaching. So back to the verse. Recreated in Christ Jesus. It says, born anew. That we, we may do. We've been born anew that we may do. That we may do. Not just to be, you know, pretty ladies. He has created us in Christ Jesus so that we can do something. And you were born for this time so you could do something. And so what are we doing? I thought my doing was just to, you know, get a husband. (laughs) Made sense, right? But God had more for me. Now the husband came along, but not as I pursued it. The husband came as I pursued the Lord. The husband showed up as I began to obey God and follow God. But it didn't come in my timing. It didn't come in the way I thought it would come. But it came as I surrendered my heart to the Lord and continued to obey him and to do, back to the verse, those good works which God predestined. God has predestined works for you and I. Things he's planned beforehand for us. I like this. Taking paths which he prepared ahead of time. How many of you are planners in the room? I could pull, call out a few, but I won't. You can plan some stuff. But God's already prearranged and made ready things for us to walk in. And they're on this path that he's made for us. Living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. This was such revolutionary insight for me that God had a plan. How exciting is that? That you don't have to figure it out. That he's got a plan. And then, you know, I'll never forget sitting in that first Holy Ghost meeting when I traveled with Kenneth Hagin. He was having Holy Ghost meetings. And that first one, I'll never forget sitting there, you know, staring at this big tall man. He would, you know, get those long arms going. He had this big ring. And uh, I was just staring. I'm like, how did I get here? (laughs) And then I would just say, God, I I just, I want to walk with you. Like he walks with you. 
He walks with you. That's what stood out, not his ring. (laughs) I mean, I noticed it. That's what stood out. God, I want to walk with you. I want to follow you. I'm not Kenneth Hagin. I'm I'm Regina. But you have a plan for me just like you had for, for Brother Hagin. And he has a plan for you just like he had for me, for Pastor Angela. And it's, it's, there, there are no great plans and lesser plans. What he's, what, he's, what he's decided and ordained for you is so important in the body of Christ. And so um, I'll never forget one day when I was a student at Rama. It was actually my first year at school. And there's one thing I learned growing up that carried me into my adult lives that was very valuable from the Pentecostal church. And that was I knew how to pray through. How many of you know about praying through? (laughs) I knew how to respond to the Holy Spirit and to recognize when he was moving in my spirit to pray. Now, the old saints would call it a burden to prayer. Some people don't like calling that because calling it that these days because it sounds heavy. You know, we want everything to be light, right? But it, it's kind of that way. It comes, and the, the burden part is it comes on you. And it, if you don't pray, um, it, 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 it will either lessen and go away. Or if you just kind of keep tapping into it, praying here and there, it'll just, it'll just kind of sit there until you pray it through. What does that mean? You pray until there's like a, a release in your spirit, a lightness and ease, victory. Um, and so this one day I, I had this drawing to pray. I had to pray. Well, I have like four roommates in a two-bedroom apartment. And uh, thankfully, they were all gone that day because I knew I'm about to pray. And like, when I pray like that, I pray loud, okay? (laughs) So I went into the closet, kicked the shoes out of the way, got in the floor and started to pray in the spirit, pray in tongues. And as I prayed in tongues, you know, I could tell, you know, sometimes you're praying and, you know, the Holy Spirit's not exactly hooking up with you. Um, This was one of those times where it was like a freight train, (laughs) We were going somewhere. I didn't know where we were going, but I was going to pray because I knew I had to pray. So I'm praying in the spirit. And all of a sudden I get to this place where I see myself preaching. And I was like, what in the world? I'm supposed to marry one, not be one. (laughs) No, Lord. Because growing up, I would be on the worship team, and if I ever tried to say anything, I would break down into tears, and all the Pentecostals thought it was the anointing, and it wasn't. I was just scared. <laughs> right? Like, the Holy Spirit would put something in my heart, and I'm like, I've got to say something, got to say something, and I'm like, <laughs> like, it was, it was bad. They're like, oh, you ble- you're blessed. I'm like, no, I'm, I'm scared. <laughs> so I pray it through. And the Holy Spirit wanted to show me his plan. That his plan was different than what I had planned. Because he wanted to get my attention off all those single men at Bible school. (laughs) 
and get my attention on him and get my attention on his will and his purpose for my life. And so the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to us his plans. He wants to reveal to us the next step. And we never get to a place in our life where we stop needing to know what is next. If we're living the life of the Spirit and we're living the life of faith, there will always be a transition into the new and into more if we're following the Lord. Because everything in God is progressive. We go from faith to faith, from glory to glory. It's not just for those that you think are are, are spiritual. You're spiritual. You're a spirit. That's over. You're spiritual. (laughs) You are a spirit. You have a soul. You live in a body. And to live in this life, we have to operate by the spirit. And we can't allow our soul and the things of the flesh to keep us drawing back from what the Lord is calling us to do. The word of God says that his people are not those who draw back. (laughs) We're those who advance. We don't draw back in the face of giants. We advance because we know our God. We know he's in us. We know he's with us. We know he's for us. And so when he reveals those things to us and we're walking in the light of the word, guess what we find ourselves doing? Walking in those paths that he's prearranged and made ready for us to live. I had to do that on my own. But here's the thing. I still had an issue. (laughs) Just because I saw it didn't mean I was in it. It didn't even mean I was ready for it. I mean, when they hired me to sing with the singers and band, I was like, I'm singing back up. This is great. This is amazing. I love it. I get to sit and hear the word. Well, eventually they asked me to exhort. Well, there was a little issue. No, it wasn't a little issue. It was a big issue. And the na- name of that issue was fear. <laughs> it was fear. And I'll never forget uh, the first time we were in Longmont, Colorado, and they said, Regina, we want you to exhort the congregation while the uh, musicians are changing their music. Well, I stepped out, and I was getting ready to sing a song, lead it, And uh, I started to exhort. I saw all the ministers and I just kind of panicked and I said, hallelujah. And I pointed to the drummer and no one was ready (laughs) because I was just so scared. Well, guess what song I was singing that night? I am free. (laughs) So then I'm singing a free song. And on the inside, I know I literally just like fell and bowed to fear. And now I'm singing about the freedom and... (laughs) And so I go to my seat that night and, you know, thank God for good uh, pastors, leaders, uh, teachers of the word, because Brother Hagin, he covered something that night that set me free. And he told this story about a lady who uh, called him at 2 a.m. in the morning, woke him up out of a dead sleep and uh, had some emergency she needed to talk to him about. And so he said, well, come on over. So he co- she comes over to his house. He's in his PJs. And so calls her into the sitting area in the front room and come to find out this lady had called him because she wasn't feeling saved. She thought she had lost her salvation. Now, I don't know about you, but I would probably lose my salvation if somebody did that to me at 2 a.m. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, oh, see ya, go home. We'll talk about this in the morning, right? Y'all are not that way, are you? 
So he, he, he said, sister, I mean, thank God for the Holy Ghost and revelation. He said, sister, you're, you've not lost your salvation. He said, look, this is what you do. Anytime the enemy comes to you with that thought, he said, begin to thank the Lord that he has saved you. Begin to thank him that you have the joy of your salvation. And so he began to do this in front of her. He said, I'm going to show you how to do it. This is 2, you know, 2 a.m. in the morning. He said, Father, I thank you. Thank you that I'm saved. Thank you that I'm washed in the blood. Thank you that I'm born again. Thank you, Father. I've not lost my salvation. Oh, you've restored to me the joy of my salvation. Hallelujah. I'm going to heaven. He said he started to, to laugh. And so she said, well, Brother Hagin, your countenance just changed. And he said, I know. He said, now you can do it too. And so he had her do it. Well, she, uh, she passed the test. She got the assignment and she began to apply that in her life. Well, as I'm listening to this, I thought, there's my key. Because I was sitting in that seat so tormented because I had just messed up. I, I had, I'd failed the test. And I thought, I have to, the Lord put me here for a reason. I know that if I'm called on, there's equipment for me to, to walk in it, right? And so that night I went back to my hotel room and I praised myself to sleep. And the whole time, the enemy was right there talking in my ear. I didn't feel free. I, I didn't sound free. But I just kept thanking God. Thank you, Father, that I'm free. I am free from fear. I am not afraid of their faces. If they call on me again, I know you've equipped me. I'm anointed to do whatever you're calling me to do. Thank you that I'm free from fear. I'm not afraid of what people think of me. I'm free from opinions of men. I can stand in the place you've called me to. I'm free to do the will of God. I'm free to obey you. Thank you, Father. And so I just kept doing that over and over and over again. You say, well, what happened? Well, I went to sleep. And then the next time they called on me, you know what I had to do? The same thing. I would like to say that just fear like ran out the door and I never had to face it again. But I had to face it and I had to, to overcome it. I had to make a decision that I was going to step out. So if you watch some of those old videos and you see me step out and I'm just like going for it, it's because I would step out and just throw caution to the wind because I could not even think about that there were thousands of people there and little Regina had no clue what she was doing, right? <laughs> I was just, I've just got to yield to the anointing. And so I'm sharing with you my story, but God has plans for you to walk in. And there will be giants that will rear their head up after the Lord has said something to you. To say, you can't come this way. You know, the kind of circumstances. Well, look at this mountain. Look at this mountain. Well, what about this? Well, what about that? And get you focused on all the, the sensory attractions, the feel, feelings, what you see. And if we yield to that, it's reasoning. And that reasoning will keep us in a place of bondage. But see, the word of God empowers us to be able to come out of whatever place of bondage that we've been in and step into full freedom. 
to step into full freedom. Turn with me, if you would, to John, the eighth chapter. John chapter eight. Verse 31, and I'm reading from the King James. It says, then Jesus said to the Jews, which believed on him. You believe on him? I know you do. We believe on him. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. If you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. So many times we just hear that part quoted about, oh, you'll know the truth, the truth will set you free. You'll know the truth, the truth will set you free. Knowing the truth and truth becoming revelation to us comes by continuing in the word of God. It comes by obeying the promptings of the Holy Spirit in our spirit that are in line with the word of God and obeying the word of God. That's how we continue in his word. It's just obedience. It's saying yes. Just saying yes. Just saying yes. And the more we choose to say yes, guess what? The more you get to grow. If you feel stagnant, look and see, have I said no? Have I, have I stopped obeying? Have I stopped moving forward? We judge ourselves. Sometimes we look at everything around us and we want to blame our progress <laughs> on other things, other people, other situations. What they did. Corporations. Governments. I mean, you could go, the list could go on and on. But the freedom that's ours in Christ has no limits or boundaries. <laughs> Nothing in this life can limit the promises of God to the one who believes. The one who believes and continues to act like they believe. Amen. Because the truth is, truth is this, the truth has a way of unraveling and dismantling untruths and lies which have become ingrained into our thinking. So no matter what level of freedom you're at, there's always another level of freedom. It wasn't long ago I was um, walking through this particular situation. I felt like the Lord was saying to me, there's another level of, of, um, there's another level I want you to go to in this area in your soul. I want you to have the fullness of peace and joy and victory, not just resident in your spirits. Like we have this power plant on the inside of us. All the joy, righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. It's just like if you could see yourself in the spirit, we're like power plants. We're full. Full. He's given us all spiritual blessings. But then we've got to get that stuff to dawn on our soul so we can walk in the fullness of that. Right? And so he had brought some things to my attention. And so I was seeking the Lord about it. And he had dealt with me to meet with this uh pastor, uh, uh, an elder. And we talked, it was just real, just, 
casual talk. There was no like, Sean die, Ron die, I have a word for you. It was just, you know, just conversation. And she shared a couple things that really opened my eyes. And I was like, now that is the revelation that I needed on this subject. Well, I got in my car that day and I was, I was driving away. And I was, I was literally, I was driving like this. I caught myself smiling. And then, you know, because I'm just talking to the Lord because nobody's around. So, I, you know, probably sometimes look like a, a loon to some people. But I'm like, Lord, why am I smiling? I feel like this resident joy. It was like a resident joy on me. And I was like, what is this? What just happened at that meeting? Something, it was like a spiritual operation happened at a coffee shop. What just happened, Lord? And he showed me. He said, there was a grief. There was a grief in your spirit or in in your soul. There was a grief there. And that grief through that truth that was shared to you, it was like, you let let it go. I I released it. Well, then, once, it, once I let it go, well, guess what I had to choose to do? I couldn't let it come back. What is a grief? Grief comes over losses. And there's not a person on the planet who hasn't experienced some kind of loss. You know? We won't go through the list. But Jesus bore our griefs. He bore our sorrows. But he revealed to me in that moment that that was a grief. That it had taken up resident that I had allowed to remain there, yeah. right? Yeah. But then after that, I had to make a choice to say, I'm not going to agree. I'm not going to allow any grief over that anymore. It's in the past. It's under the blood. Yeah. I had the, the re- realization from the truth of God's word of how I need to walk in freedom now in that particular area. And so now what do I do? I maintain that freedom. I maintain that joy. I maintain that peace. And I don't allow circumstances or people or wrong thinking to pull me out of that place. And that's where the work is. Freedom comes, but then we have to maintain what God has given us. Amen? And so that's where the work is. It's easy just to to go get something, but then you've got to maintain it. You can go buy a nice car, but if you don't pay attention to it, if you don't put fuel in it, if you don't take care of the oil, if you don't maintain it, it's going to go downhill quick, right? Jesus bore our griefs and carried our sorrow. There's no reason that you should have grief of any kind in your life. Think about, think about that. There's no reason that as a believer, I should have any grief of any kind in my life. If the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost, there's no grief in there. So we have to take those things that have come in our life that have grieved, grieved you in, what, in some way, whether it's a death or a loss, an offense of some kind, 
And you've got to give it to the Lord. And picture yourself giving it to him. Because what those grievances do, they become these offenses on the inside of us. And if you just hang on to it, man, it's, it's like, it's like uh, old stuff at your house. You just get used to it being around and then you don't want it. You know, somebody comes in, they want to move it out. And you're like, no, I, I want that there. I'm used to that being there. It's like, no, you need, to, you need to clean that out. It'd be a lot better if you got rid of that, right? And so the Lord wants to take us from freedom to freedom and from glory to glory. And he does that by the truth of God's word. And so uh, we want the truth to reveal by the Holy Spirit those lies and wrong beliefs that have kept us bound. Some people don't even know they're operating in fear. Have you ever seen somebody like that? They don't even know they're operating in anxiety. Because the way that they live and function in their life, it's totally normal to them. Right? But when you get with the Holy Spirit and you allow him to unveil his word to you, he can untie every lie. He unties the lies unravels the lies. The truth of God's word unravels the lies. And brick by brick, any fortress that's been built up in your soul that has kept you from living a fully joyful Christian walk can be brought down. Truth by truth. Amen? Amen. To bring you into the full freedom that's yours in Jesus. Uh, turn. I want to show you this scripture because I believe it will help someone. And this is in Psalms. Psalms 51. We don't want to just hear the word. We do want to hear the word. But we want the word to get down to the deepest parts of our nature. Amen. We want a clean work. We want a full work, right? So there's nothing that's off limits to him. I remember um, I was in a service. This was when I first went to Bible school. They had a revival the first two weeks. And the Holy Spirit was moving and people were laughing in the spirit. And uh, they were talking about the fire of the Holy Ghost. And I was like, I want the fire. I want that. I don't really know how that works fully, but I want it. Right? And so one night they had a prayer line for people who wanted the fire. So I'm like, I am up there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have my encounter with God. Right? So they laid hands on me. And I went down. And I was out in the power. And I, you know, I don't know what I was expecting. Something really awesome. And then all of a sudden, I started seeing this screen roll of these people who had hurt me really bad. And I was like, this is not the fire. (laughs) I was like, Lord, um, not sure this was the experience I was looking for. And he said, I, I said, Lord, why are you showing me their faces? And he said, because Regina, if you want my plan for your life, you're gonna first have to forgive You're going to first have to forgive. You're going to have to let that go. 
that was the fire. (laughs) That was the truth I needed (laughs) to release me to take whatever that next step was. But it was a big one. It was a really big one. I had to let that go and let that fire work in me. And so I, I said, yes, yes, Lord, I don't want anything to stand between you and me. And I wept. And the Lord did a work in me. And I'm so thankful that he did because, you know, he knows what we need. And he knows how to get that truth to the right part of us. Right? He knows how to unveil things. And it's not like we're going around in our life always looking for something wrong. You know, look, looking, examining. But we, we should judge ourselves. And the truth should be continually uh, transforming us and bringing us into higher and higher um, levels of freedom with him. So Psalms 51, let's look at this real quick. Uh, this is a scripture that really helped me in that process, in this process of pursuing his plan. And it says in verse 6, the Amplified, Behold, you desire truth in the inner being. In the inner being, you desire, the Lord desires truth to be in our inner being. And then he said, make me to know wisdom in my inmost heart, the inmost parts of me. Make me to know wisdom. And you know, we have to make that our, our prayer. The Lord, it is his desire that we so be infused with his truth that nothing is impossible. <laughs> that any word he says that we don't laugh and go, really? But that we're so you know, full of his truth. He's had such a work in us that when he speaks to us, we just go, well, yeah, okay. Don't know how, but all right. Let's, let's go. Let's go that way. Okay. It's uncomfortable for me, but you said it, so I'm, I'm going to go. And that's faith. That's simple faith. You said it, Lord, so now I'm going to believe it. We're not just believers. We should be believing believers, right? Believing believers, not doubting believers. We're believing believers. We're believing everything he says, Right? everything. And so he desires truth within us. He knows without the truth of who we are in him becoming a reality to us that there is no possible way for us to fulfill our earthly destiny and assignments. That truth has to be unveiled to us in full. Let's turn to one more um, scripture in Romans 12. I know that these are very familiar to you all because you are so well taught. But they bear repeating because these are building bricks of our life for every season. And so in Romans, the 12th chapter, it says, And I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, like the Amplified, it says this, but be transformed, 
Be changed by the entire renewal of your mind. By the entire renewal of your mind. So you could be renewed in one area and not in the other. And the thing about fear, it's just contagious, just like faith. You start operating in faith, you start seeing all kinds of areas to operate in. You let a little fear in, you start fearing a little bit of this and fearing a little bit of that. And it grows like a weed. Right? I believe it's the same with sadness. It's the same with defeat and despair and grief. All of those things. We let it in just a little bit and it starts to pollute all the different areas of our life. In fact, the way the Lord showed it to me uh, that day when I I saw that grief leave, it looked like um, a flash drive that was like deposited I know that's strange, but it made sense to me. Deposited in me. Well, what's, what's on a flash drive? What does it do? It, tra- it transfers information to the operating systems. And so, so that little deposit of grief was starting to, to branch out like, like roots. And then once it was removed, it was like, I just got a reset. <laughs> I just got upgraded. The virus is gone. I'm operating better. I'm, I'm like, this joy, it's, it's not a forced joy. It's not supposed to be a forced joy. You don't have to just put on a smile, ladies. When the joy of the Lord is our strength. And he is filling up all the parts of our, our heart. And he has full root measure. Full permission to move in every part of us to do and say whatever it is he wants to do and say. There is nothing that can stand in his way when you and I open up our heart and say, Lord, come in. Clean house. I'll obey even if it's hard. Even if I've got to go to somebody and ask them to forgive me. Even if I have to cut something off. If I have to address this or that. Repent and go before the Lord and humble ourselves. What's going to happen? He's going to come in and the Lord says when we humble ourselves before him, he raises us up. Amen. Amen. And so if your head's been bowed low and you've been carrying grief, you've been carrying a heaviness in your spirit that's affected your soul and maybe not a lot of people know about it because you don't come to church and talk about it, guess what? The Lord is working in you right now. And he's revealing truth to your spirit. And then you don't have to go through a fire tunnel of people laying hands on you to get it. You can get it right now. Just by saying, Lord, I take it. Lord, I give that to you. I forgive. I give everything to you. I don't want anything standing in the way of my relationship with you or or your plan for my life. I want to be able to run in and take the land. In, In Numbers 11, you guys know the story where the spies were sent in to the promised land. And how many of them came back with a good report? Only two. There were only two that had faith in God. There were only two that were consumed with him. There were only two that were free to say, we can do it. We can take it. And we want to be the two, right? Praise God. Say, I'm walking in freedom. Say, I'm walking in the truth. I'm living in the truth. I'm living in joy. I'm living in peace. I'm living in freedom. 
I'm living in victory. I'm not waiting on someone else to do it for me. But I'm being transformed by the entire renewal of my mind. I'm not okay with things being as they have been. I'm moving forward. I'm taking the land. And I'm fulfilling my plan. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's raise our hands and thank him for it. Hallelujah. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We praise you. We magnify you, Lord. We glorify you. We're so thankful for the power of your word. We thank you that all things are possible with you. Lord, we thank you that you've made us whole. You've made us new. That we're new creatures in you. And we won't allow anything that looks like the old man to crop up. Oh, but we're walking in the more than enough. We're walking in the image of Christ. The image that he has made us. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Okay, I've got one more uh, passage of scripture I want you to turn with me to. That is in the book of James. James chapter 1. Verse 22, how many you know where we're going? And so be doers of the word, obey the message, and not merely listeners to it. Not merely listeners to it. Betraying yourselves into deception by reasoning contrary to the truth. When we hear the truth and we do not obey, the enemy doesn't come and deceive us. We deceive ourselves by reasoning, which is contrary to the truth. You know, the thing about reasoning, it's reasonable. (laughs) It makes sense. And our senses want to believe it. Right? Our senses want to believe it because it may it makes yeah that's what that is. How many times in our lives do we decide what a thing is and the truth of God's word had nothing to do with it? Then we believe it and then we're walking in that and it's not his best, it's called deception. That we have chosen. Ouch. Right? We've chosen. We get a choice to choose life. Or death, blessing, or cursing. And so we can choose the truth. A man of God who I I love and respect, who is in heaven, he would say, if you can keep the devil in the realm of faith, you'll beat him every time. But if he can keep you in the realm of reasoning, he's going to win every time. So you've got to stay in the realm of faith and stay out of the realm of reasoning. And you know that that's a choice because our mind will always try to get in the way of what God says. Because it is, it's contrary uh, to what we see, hear, and feel. And so verse 23, for if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it and being a doer of it, he is like a man who looks carefully at his own natural face in the mirror. For he thoughtfully observes himself. And then goes off and promptly forgets what he was like. Verse 25, but he who looks carefully into the faultless law of liberty and is faithful to it, 
This takes faithfulness and perseveres in looking into it. Being not a heedless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, he shall be blessed in his doing. This is the good works. (laughs) He's ordained for us to do, to walk in. And that is the truth, the revelation from the word of God. And as we continue to look into it, we're going to be transformed. We're going to be changed into the image of him because Jesus is the word. Amen. And so if we want to be changed and we want to come out of, of the places we've been, then we've got to get excited about the word of God. How many services y'all have a week? Three? Yeah. Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. And prayer, but guess what? Even more. Monday morning, Monday night, Tuesday morning, Tuesday night. And every other day of the week, that's where we have to get excited about the word and feast on the word of God. That's where it will become our meditation because we take that instruction we've received and then we go before the Lord on our own. And then that's where we develop our own walk with God. Our own growth in him. And then we come in and like you all did tonight. Woo. You came ready. You came with something to give. And then every situation, anywhere we go, we'll have something to give. Because we're not just coming to get and to be taught and to be trained. uh, But we're taking that training into our daily life. And so along the lines of this, the word of God being a mirror that reflects to us. We are a reflection of Jesus in the earth. You ladies are a trophy of his grace. You're his trophies. (laughs) I imagine a a trophy room. You know, growing up, trophies were a big deal. You win win an event in sports or academics, you get your trophies and your medals and you display them. And I just imagine God's trophies of grace. How proud he is of us. How shiny, we're not dusty. We are brilliant, shining like the sun because the sun is on the inside of us. And we are to be the reflection of him in the earth, a reflection of him in our daily lives, a reflection of him on the job, a reflection of him at the grocery store, right? At the cosmetic counter, Uh, Wherever you go, maybe you have farm animals. You're a reflection of him on the farm. You know, wherever you go, you're a reflection of him. And so we see that in everything that God wills, the enemy always has a counterfeit. And so he'll always always, uh, try to influence our greatest point of victory. And so I want to share this with you. The Lord gave this to me. And so I'm going, going to read it. Um, thoughts of not enough, never, impossible, weak, less than, second rate, forgotten and forsaken. Come not from my DNA, but from the influence of the God of this world, Satan. A man of God that we know and love would say, if you're feeling sorry for yourself, you're listening to the devil, plain and simple. So all those thoughts, they're not you. They're not your thoughts. 
That's not who you are. You're a trophy of God's grace. You're victorious. Amen? You're perfected in Him. You're new in Him. You're whole in Him. I'm not going to be perfected when I'm at the perfect weight. Come on. I'm talking about me. Y'all, I'm talking about you. You know, I'm not going to be perfected when my life, everything looks the way that society tells me it's supposed to look. No, I'm perfected now in him and any lie, anything saying otherwise is a lie from the pit of hell. So when I discover my true DNA and I see in the mirror the word of God, Jesus, and all he did to save me from sin Sickness and all oppression. I realize all thoughts originating with defeat are no longer mine, but thoughts of the enemy imposed upon me. Again and again, Satan reflects his image upon us to influence our belief about who we already are. (laughs) You see, I'm a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away. So the enemy, he tries to reflect his image on you. Who is the biggest loser of all time? Satan. So he tries to reflect his image on you because he wants you to get you to believe, you and I to believe, that we are less than what God created us to be. Because if he can get us to believe that, well, we're saved, we're filled with the Spirit, and I haven't come to church, but I'm down, depressed, and defeated the rest of the week. That's not victory. And so, you see, I'm a new creation in Christ. The old has passed away, and the new has come. I exchanged a life of defeat and struggle for one of victory, and I already won. The day... I get this settled, I become a constant threat to the enemy. (laughs) I have now moved from behind the ranks to fight on the front lines. Those on the front lines have their weapons clean and sharpened, ready to wage war on the enemy. Those on the front lines are no longer worrying, not worrying, warring with flesh and blood. They no longer fight from a sense of not having obtained, but they fight from a rest and peace, having known they've already won. (laughs) That's you and me. These are those who will never be defeated in this life. These are those who know their God, their maker, and are strong in him and do great exploits because they have come up to his level of operating by faith. Their belief is strong and settled like a fortress within. These cannot be shaken. You and I, when we begin to realize that the reflection of Jesus is who we already are, not who we're trying to become and be, is when we become a threat to the enemy. It's when every lie is settled and the truth prevails. Amen? Isn't that awesome? And then we can be a reflection of him everywhere we go. How much time do we have? Okay, I, I don't see a clock, so it makes me a little nervous. Um, oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> Y'all aren't getting nervous, though, are you? Um, to be a reflection of him in the earth. Everywhere we go. Um, 
it was in 2019, the Lord had opened a door for me to speak at a specific conference, and I was like, like shaking in my boots a little, in my soul, my head, because it was a, a big deal to me, shouldn't have been, whether it's five people or 500 or 1,000, shouldn't matter, but it was, it was just something I wanted to do well at. So I was, I was going into town to get ready for this conference, and a friend of mine, she said, Regina, you really need to go have your makeup done. And I was like, what? No, I need to be in my room praying in the Holy Ghost, like all day. I don't want to hear from anybody. I want to just be alone with Jesus, right? I need to make sure I've got, I'm ready, right? And so I was, she just kept at me. She said, it'll look good in photos. It'll look good on the video. I'm like, I know how to do my makeup. Like, I've been doing it for years. It's really not a big deal, right? And so, well, I asked the Lord about it, and he said, he said, you'll be glad you did. I was like, really? <laughs> I kind of was like, okay, here I go. So we go to this really nice, uh, we went to, okay, we went to Saks Fifth Avenue because they had this mat counter, and my friend had a makeup girl there she really liked. So we go in, I meet the girl, she's really sweet, but they have this music uh, I'm going to come up with some words. If, if, they're, if they're bad, if they're not good, please forgive me. Crunk. Like it was cranked, crunk, whatever, <laughs> lit. And it was like club. Is that a bad word? It was club music. Of oh, course, she said it is. Sorry. <laughs> forgive me. I don't know what it means, so. Just plead the blood. So within moments of being in there, I'm ready to like run. I'm like, Get me out of here. This is ruining my hear from the Lord vibe right now. And I was starting to get worked up. And the Holy Ghost, you know, he talks us the way that we know. He goes, chill, Regina. Chill. I was like, okay, I'm, ch- I'm chilling. I'm trying to chill. Well, you know, he had to say it twice. Um, so I sat down <laughs> in the chair. Where I'm going to have my makeup done. And... Uh, so there were several girls there. So there's a girl doing my makeup and two other girls. And let's just say it was a liberal atmosphere. Ungodly. And so they said, well, what are you, what are you doing in town? And, and my friend said, well, she's speaking at a women's conference. And she made it sound like, like you know, I was like world-renowned. And it was, I was like, shut up. Like. And they were like, oh, what kind of women's conference? Well, I knew these girls had not a clue. And so I said, well... I thought this would resonate with them. I said, well, it's more of a women... No, they said, is it a women's empowerment? And I said, well, kind of. Um, it's probably more of women's empowerment in God. Yeah, in God and Christ empowerment. They were like, oh, okay. So two of them ran off. They were uninterested. And so my friend's kind of hanging out with them, and then I'm over here, and I'm having my makeup done. I'm sorry if it's taking too long. And so, uh, so I'm having my makeup done, and this sweet girl, beautiful girl, um, is doing my makeup, and she said, so tell me, um, what do you speak on? And I instantly felt the anointing. While the music is... Dun, 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 you know. <laughs> Holy Spirit, like came, right? Like manifest presence. 
And I said, well, I'm going to talk about uh, the plan of God. He has a plan for your life. And she said, that's good. And I said, and you know, I I was trying to make it simple for her because I didn't know if she was born again, not born again. And I said, well, I said, said, really the heart of it is, is that Jesus wants to have a relationship with you. And through that relationship, he has a plan for your life. And she just got quiet. And I could tell, like, the Holy Spirit was moving on her. And so I was like, what do I say next? Because I didn't want to overload her with, you know, Mark eleven twenty three, and, you know. That's not how it works. And so I, I just, I sat there, and you could just feel, like, the presence of the Lord building. And I heard the Lord say, he said, tell her, simply, tell her that I love her. And that I have a plan for her life. And so I said, Melinda, I said, Jesus loves you. And he has a plan for your life. He has a plan. And when I tell you that girl broke into like an uncontrollable weeping for like 10 minutes, she couldn't talk. And finally, when she got it together, you know, I'm trying not to cry. My friend's trying not to cry, you know, my makeup's. But the glory, I I told my friend, I said, it was like the same glory you would feel in a Holy Ghost meeting. It was that thick. It was that thick you could cut it. Every time I talk about it, I I can sense it again. And she said, my mom's a worship leader. At a spirit-filled church out in this little town. And she began to share some other things. Well, I knew we were an answer to that mother's prayers. And I didn't really need to have my makeup done, but Melinda needed a touch from God. And that particular day, getting makeup done was on the path that God had prearranged. I believe he wanted us to be there in that time and in that moment because while the Holy Ghost was just flowing like a wave at the, at the cosmetic counter and she's getting ministered to and I know she's being encountered, at the same time the Holy Ghost is telling me, chill, Regina. You don't have to work up a message. You don't have to work up and be in, in fear about this big meeting you're going into. Just rely on me. Just rest on me. Just open your mouth and let me fill it. And if all you do is stand up and say, Jesus loves you. If that's all you know to say, there's power behind those words. Whether you're at the Mac counter or the racetrack or, I mean, I don't know if y'all have those around here. Wherever you're at. God wants to shine through you. You're a trophy of his grace and he wants to be seen on you and through you. And so there are destinations for us. There was a a preaching call on my life I didn't know was there. I had no idea how I was going to get into it. Thank God he helped me. You can see uh, we've made some progress. (laughs) We have to learn how to quit, you know. But he wants to lead us on his path on the daily. 
When he says, go right, stop here, go there. Oh wait, change your plans and stay home this morning. Or change your plans and, and call this person. So that you can be, your steps can be orchestrated to be in the right place at the right time so that he can flow through you and I. How many of you are thankful that the Holy Ghost, which we sung about earlier, is living and dwelling and breathing in you and I? And his signs and wonders are flowing in us and through us. He's just waiting for us to yield to that flow. Yield to it and get ourselves out of the way and say, yes, Lord, I'll obey I'll obey you. Whatever you say, I'll obey. One of the girls that that I've met has had a little season where I was around the cosmetic industry. And I met a girl. She was uh, like 26 years of age. She'd only been saved for like four years. And I, I was just impressed with her maturity in the Lord. And I said, Lord, what is it that makes this girl so mature? I wanted to know. How could she be further along than people I know who've been in the church for 20 and 30, 40 years? What is it? And he said, she keeps saying yes. She keeps saying yes. Every time I ask her to do something, she says yes. And it gives me a right to move in her, to impart to her, for her to grow, to walk in more freedom and truth. And so what you see here is a product of a submitted, surrendered life. Amen. And so God has that for you and I. Aren't you thankful? That we're never stuck. We're never without a solution. There's, you never have come as far as you're going to go. But there's more and more and more and more and more freedom and more glory and more knowledge and more insight. And just like the Lord unfolded his plan to me, he'll unfold his plan to you. Isn't that cool? Because he lives in you. And you walk with him and he walks in you. And so everything that he is, that he's designed for you, when you spend time with him, then he will show you in the way that he deals with you, right? And it'll line up with his word, right? And it will keep you on the path that he has for you. He's not going to just go, oh, go left field now. You need to think about that too. Hallelujah. You know why this matters to God? Because you were put in this earth for a purpose. And he is so intent on you and I fulfilling our purpose. Like he works overtime for people. If we only knew how hard our angels worked. (laughs) To keep us going the right direction. How much the Lord works to put the right people around us at the right time. The right words. Amen. At Impact Family Church, it is our desire to see you blessed through the power of the Word of God. We have been helping people to change their world for over 25 years through our dynamic ministries and teaching. If you are going to be in the North Central Florida area and are interested in attending our services or just want more information about us, you can visit us online at www.impactfamilychurch.com.